So Jesus is told about his friend Lazarus, that he's sick. And it says that as he hears this information, you know, he says that he already has a relationship with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And the Bible says he's good friends with them. And it says in the verses following, after he heard that he was sick, because he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he waited two days. You're like, wait, <laughs> he loved them, so he waited? That doesn't make any sense. And that's exactly his point. He says, I'm gonna, this has all been d- done to bring glory to God. When Jesus does stuff, when God does things in our lives his way, it's always to bring glory to him. But too many times, I think we're like, well, this is, here's how I envision God answering this prayer. I know this is, this is me. When I was in college, I went to a Christian college, and there was always these people saying, they do these testimonies, I just got a check in the mail for like $5,000 to pay my school bill. And I'm like, it's like, my mail. I never got one of those checks. Never. It's like, oh, God, I have to go back and work this summer and do whatever. And it's like, and I'm like, that's, that would just be cool. And, you know, and God has taught us, even with raising support and doing our ministry, you know, we're, we're supported by other people. And nothing bothers me so much as to tell somebody I need help. I, I will work way harder. Even asking you guys to go to the storage unit, I'd be like, I got it. It'll take a little bit longer, but I can do it. It's okay. And it's just to say I need help. That's hard. You know, we're Americans, right? We could, you know, it's our pioneer spirit. And we, you know, the things that we honor are doing it myself. I pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm a self-made man. Guess what? You're not. You're not. You know, as much as I like to think I'm, you know, I don't have it all together. I don't have that ability. And now Jesus here, there's a need. And I would think, hey, Jesus, hustle, man. This guy's sick. Or just say it like, you know, before when the guy came to you and he had a, a sick kid or a servant, you know, you just said, go home. He's good. He's already healed. We could do that now. And it says, because he loved them, he waited. And you're like, what does this have to do with Palm Sunday? We'll get there. We're getting there. So it says he did all that, and then he's going back, and he's, he's talking with his disciples, and then he wastes his days, and they travel. You know the story. He gets there, and what's he find out? Lazarus died. He's been buried four days already. And you're like, oh. And one of the sisters like, God, Jesus, if you had been here, this would never have happened. He's like, you're probably right. And maybe that's why he didn't go. You know, maybe he's like, I couldn't have taken the, you know, it would have been hard to say, no, I can't heal you. I'm going to let you die. <laughs> and then He's like, no, I'm just not even going to be there because I love you. Jesus does things in your life that look bad maybe to us or to you. And you're like, how can you say you love me and let this happen or that happen? He's like, it's because I love you that I'm letting that happen. You're going to see. You don't see the whole plan. You don't see the big picture. I do. And here, we're going to have, you know, he goes to the grave. And they're like, uh, Jesus, we don't want to open that because he's not, he's kind of ripe now. 
We don't want to smell that. Do you not understand? He's already, just, he's already decomposing. He's gone through that process. And whether Jesus, in his you know, sovereignty, thought, you know, these other people I'd raised from the dead, they had just died. They were right there. People could say, well, maybe there was some sort of, you know, coma situation. He didn't really raise them from the dead. They weren't really dead. Maybe there was some other thing. Their bodies were still warm or whatever. Here, there's no doubt this guy's dead. He's already started to rot. And they're like, don't open that, man. That's going to be bad. And Jesus says, no. We'll roll a stone away. And then we know the story. Lazarus come out. It says Lazarus comes out of that grave because Jesus waited. They got to see the power of God in a way they never would have seen it if Jesus hadn't waited. Because he didn't do things the way everybody thought he should. Because you know, popular opinion isn't the way he operates. Now, how many things do we do because other people think we should or shouldn't do whatever? Well, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? You know, I have to, this is how it is. You know, how many times have you ever caught yourself kind of making excuses for God? Well, uh, you know, it's like, no, he's God. We're not God. Look at Job. I mean, ha. I can't even imagine having anything close to that happening. All your stuff's gone. You know, we talk, when I read through that, it says the one guy comes and he's not even done speaking when the next guy's there. I mean, in a matter of a minute or two, they've all shown up. They're out of breath. They're panting. Oh, you'll never believe it. All this is gone. These got stolen. These got burned up. All stuff. And the last guy comes in and goes, oh. You don't believe it. All your kids just died. One shot, boom. House collapses on them. I mean, Job hasn't even absorbed the first thing yet, and you got bang, 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 bang. And what's he say? I'm not God. He's God. It's his stuff. Like Gene was saying, it's, it's all his. And when he questions God, God goes, <laughs> who are you to question me? Were you around when I made everything? Were you here? No. You know nothing, Job. You have no idea about who I am or what I'm capable of. As much as you know of me, you haven't even started to know me. And that's where we're at. That's why, you know, and we see now, it says, as we pick up there, we're going to start reading in John. The chapter's following when Lazarus was raised. In John chapter 12. It's now the basically Palm Sunday. Says so he's back. It says six days. He's been back. He went back to the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He's visiting with them again, and he's re, you know, connecting with them. I guess you know Lazarus. Hey, how was it being dead for a while? That was crazy, right? And so he's like, it says Lazarus is there. It says verse nine in chapter twelve when the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there at their house. They came to see, I'm sorry, came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. 
the nerve, right? Now, Lazarus, come on. It's like, you can't, put, you can't put this guy in a box. He was dead. There was a bunch of people there that saw him hopping out of the tomb, all wrapped up in those grave clothes. They all knew. They had put through the process. They'd put him in the tomb, and they're, they're telling everybody, you won't be. You had to be there. It was so amazing. This guy was dead, and he came out of the... Like, I just want... I mean, Lazarus is like the rock star of his day at this time. He's like, wow, you were dead, and now you're back. Can, no, can we touch him? I, I, I was there. You know, it's like the things. You know, I actually saw that. Right? I was, I, I, I'm his close friend. I was, you know, and they all want part of Lazarus. It's like, this guy's amazing. He was dead, and he brought, brought back. It says they want to see... And this is Jesus who did that. If he can do that then he must be the Messiah. So part of what they're doing, remember, they're looking for the Messiah that's going to take them to the next level, right? Take them out of this bondage of the, you know, the subservience to the Romans, and they're going to, he's going to be the king. He's going to, yeah, we're the Jews, we're back, and we're in power. You're going to wait till you, and now it's like, this is great. Jesus is doing this. He's going to, we're on our way. He's the one we've been waiting for. And then Jesus talks about dying. Jesus talks about what it's going to mean. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how we wanted this to play out. That's not what we thought was going to happen. That's not what we think it should look like. Remember, it's his plan, not ours. The crowds are there. Everybody's thronging to him. It's like, like and it, you know, you had to think. You know, as much as we hear about the temptation of Jesus by Satan, I mean, Satan had to be whispering in his ear right now. You got everybody following you. This is the time, man. Do it. And Jesus said, you know, no, that's not how it's going to work. No, it doesn't say that. I just put that. I just said that that was probably happening. So just so you're not confused. But it says that's what, I mean, you think about all the things that had to be going through his mind. Humanly speaking, the crowds are with him. Everybody's right there. But he's like, no. Once again, verse 12, we see the crowd. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. This is the guy. The king is coming in. It's like they're all crying, like Rich was reading about. He's like, this is what, we're, this is what we've been waiting for, the king. This is our man. He's going to do this stuff. And it says, you know, there's this huge crowd. And some of it were his disciples, his true followers. But you had to believe if it's Passover week and everybody's there mobbing him, there's a bunch of people that's caught up in the, in, in the excitement. And that they've heard the stories. They've heard about Lazarus. They've heard all this stuff. They're like, yes. But they were there for a king that was going to take over. They were there for a king that was going to overthrow the Romans. They were there to take their place as the ruling class. They weren't there because they believed. If you reach on down or read on down, verse 17 says, The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard he had done this sign. But then drop down to verse 37 of that same chapter. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. 
There's the crowds. The people. Why? They weren't really there because of who they thought Jesus was. They're not thinking he's God. They're not thinking he's, you know, the son of God, God in the flesh. He's just the man who's going to lead us out of where we're at. That was their idea. That was their plan. So many times I think we get, like Gene was saying, we get a mindset of, here's how I think God should work. And what's that? What is that? That's pride. That's me taking the place of God. Today in our Sunday school class, our Christmas teaching, we were just talking about things that were happening with the Holy Spirit's direction and how we need to step back from that and realize God's plan doesn't look like, if it was up to me, I, this person would get saved right now. If it's up to me, they'd listen to whatever this is. If it's up to me, I could get this job done right here, right now. Why would God delay that? Why would God, if they're going to get saved anyway, why aren't they getting saved right now? Why is he going to make me wait two years to see that happen? Or why would this person maybe never come to Christ? I don't know. But you know what? I'm not God. It's his plan. It's his timing. Are there things that we're doing in our lives right now that we're like, well, this is what I think should happen, so when it doesn't, I get upset. I get angry. I get bitter. It says, no. Am I truly wanting what God wants? Am I praying, God, take me out of the picture. Let me see you at work. Let me see you following, you know, me following your plan, not me saying this is the plan. And we just run ahead. You know, I think this is what I should do, so it's, it's, it's spiritual, it's godly, it's a good thing, but it's my plan. And when it blows up, we're upset with God. And he's like, what are you upset for? You never talked to me about this plan. That was you. And when we do things in our own strength, we do things based on our ability. I guess one of the worst things that can happen to me is when it's in my comfort zone. Oh, I got this. I don't need to pray about this because I can already handle this. All of a sudden, like, whoa! <laughs> it turned out really badly. It's like, oh, but maybe I should have been praying about that or not trusting in me. And he says, that's exactly where we're at. But I think too many times we tell God what it is he should be doing instead of saying, God, show me what it is you want me to do. Let me, let me see your plan. Let me wait on you. And for most of us, waiting is the hardest thing. We're not patient. Invariably, if I go to check out in a line with multiple lines, I pick the line that something happens. And I'm like, ah, oh, God, I could be doing, it's like, you know what? Maybe I want you to focus on me right now. Maybe you could use this time to be praying for somebody. Maybe there's somebody in this line I want you to talk to. We can be commiserate about how long this is taking and just have a conversation. There's always a price check. There's something that doesn't work right. It's like, you know what? Instead of being impatient, think, God, for some reason, you got me standing for a longer time in this line. Instead of getting worked up, construction lines, ah, there's traffic jam, there's an accident on the highway and you're blocked for an hour. 
Guess what? That's God's plan. Instead of getting upset, angry, instead of getting frustrated, okay, God, what do you want to teach me right now? Maybe you want to do something in my life. Maybe you want me to stop and slow down and think about something right now that I hadn't really thought about before. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, says Paul's writing to the church at Corinth about some of these same things. You know, most of you know the story. After this Palm Sunday, next Sunday is Easter or Resurrection Sunday, wherever you come from. Jesus has already died and has risen next Sunday. These same, some, of these, some of these same people that were like, Hosanna, the king's coming, were in the crowd saying, crucify him. The crowd. We're so worried about the crowd. And what, what, what is everybody going to do? What is everybody going to think? I want to blend in. I, wanna, I don't want to stand out. I'll tell you what, today, if you're going with the crowd, you're probably in big trouble. Because the crowd is going the wrong way. The Bible says what? Broad is the way. Those people, I mean, the crowd is going to hell. That's the sad realization. It says narrow. Only the few are going to heaven. It's like popular opinion, popular thought is being controlled by Satan. So be careful. But, you know, but, but we're human. We want to be liked. We want to fit in. We want to blend. You know, we don't want to be the one going the other way. But that's what Jesus has called us to do if we're following his plan. In 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 23, Paul writes and says, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews. Now why was that? Because their Messiah wasn't here to die. He was here to reign. That was their plan. That was their idea. And when it didn't match out, it didn't, you know, click in their minds, well, our Messiah is not here to die. That, humanly speaking, that, that's not what I had. You know, all the prophecies are about the king, about him reigning, about him coming and, you know, taking us, you know, taking us with him to rule and reign. To die? And it says it tripped him up. How can I believe in a Messiah that came and died? It was hard. It says folly to the Greeks. Folly, stupidity, foolishness. The Greeks, the philosophers, the thinkers of the day. God would come and die? God would be made a man? That's not how I'd do it. If God came down, he wouldn't come and be born in a stable. He wouldn't come and be poverty level person. He'd come in a palace. He'd come as being a king. He'd have a silver spoon in his mouth, right? That's how we would do it. You know, we've been talking this a little bit in our church and mentioning, you know, talking about, I know I've got to wrap up real quick, but it talks about Saul in the Old Testament, King Saul. And it's like God gave the Israelites what they envisioned a king to look like. You know, he's the tallest guy in the country. He's strong. The Bible says he's the best-looking guy. That's a king, man. That's what I would pick as a king. And guess what? Saul's terrible. He looks good, but he's not 
His heart isn't there. So when Samuel goes, what's he do? First time, oh, the oldest, the biggest, the strongest. God said, we already went that way. (laughs) Ignore him, forget that. We're looking for a guy with my heart. And it's the little kid. It's the young guy who's not even important enough to be called into this, you know, thing to look for the king. He's still out with the sheep. We didn't even bother to call him. He's so worthless in our family. Of course he can't be king. And that's exactly who God wanted. So when God does stuff in our lives that doesn't make sense, step back. Say, God, I, what, what's happening? Help me to see your picture. Because in verse 25, it says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Most of you know the verse from the Old Testament prophet says what? My ways aren't your ways. They're so much higher. You don't even understand. So we're going through stuff now. We're thinking about you know Palm Sunday and realizing this is what it looked like for people's idea of who the king was. That wasn't God's idea. Our king's going to die for you. He's going to give up his life that you can live so that he can have a relationship with you. And that's what he wants going forward. He's working in your life now to make you more in the image of him if we're willing to let him and see things through his eyes.